Hello, and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes, and I'm your host. And if you're new to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the stories, the journeys of women who have been through this experience called life, and they've experienced challenges and obstacles, and they've come through the other side. They've come through and they've survived these struggles and they've learned lessons and they feel that they've that these events happened for a reason and they're gonna offer advice to anyone who might be going through something similar in their own life. And so today my guest is Dr. Linda Hurley and she is an intuitive, a certified energy healer, transformational coach and founder of Magnet- Magnetic Moment LLC. She specializes in helping driven women make purposeful decisions based on the power they have inside. Linda helps women release the feelings of guilt they encounter about all of the things going on in their lives. She uses her unique skills to draw upon science and spirit to transform women from how they feel today to feeling incredible tomorrow so that they can show up every single day for themselves and the people they love. She has trained extensively with Shiloh Moa in the healing modalities of the Barbara Brennan School of Healing, and over the course of her career, earned her PhD in geology. Linda lives in Oregon with her husband and three daughters. And so thank you so much for being a guest today, Linda. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. I'm happy to be here. And so Linda, why don't you start off by sharing the part of your journey that you feel has brought you to where you are today. Sure. So uh, I'm a first-generation Mexican-American. My mother was born in Mexico, uh, and I was born here. My father was American, um, so he, you know his his. I was I'm also American on my <laughs> on my father's side, um, but growing up, uh, this was this was always a, a struggle, right? I was never Mexican enough to be Mexican, and I was never American enough to be American. Um, I struggled a lot uh, to find other people like me, um, but uh, either way, I, I I went to school. Um, I got really interested in geology. Um, my mother from a very young age was like, you need to, you need to get a PhD. It doesn't matter what you get it in, but you need to go to school as long as you can. You need to get as educated as you can. And it wasn't just my mother. I had heard it from other places, uh, as well. And so when I, when I got to college, I didn't really know what I wanted to study, but I really liked geology. It, it spoke to me in in a new way. I didn't even know it was something you could study, honestly, until, (laughs) until I got to college. Um, but, uh, but I really enjoyed it. And, and as somebody who is, who is a very creative person, I like to, I like to try new things a lot. I, I needed to find something that was flexible enough that would keep my interest for all the, all the study, uh, the going through the PhD. Uh, and I knew that geology could, could offer that to me. Um, so, uh, so I, I graduated with my bachelor's, I went and got my master's degree and then I got my PhD. And then I continued to have part-time employment as an academic um, at Yale University and at the University uh, at Albany in New York. And during this time, uh, the last, the last year of my PhD and into these part-time jobs, I also started my family. So, um, my husband and I had been married for many years, seven years before our first daughter came along. And, um, over the course of nine years, I know six years, we had, uh, three, three daughters. So we have three daughters and they're, they're each three years apart. Um, and so I was determined to still have my career as a scientist, as a researcher, and to be able to have my family because to me, my family was, you know, was one, one part of me, right. And my academic life was, was another part of me. Um, but they, but they were both me, right. Much like, uh, I had a Mexican part and I had an American part. They were both me, 
but they, right. you know, but yeah. they weren't, they weren't together. Like I wasn't just Mexican American. I was either American or Mexican, depending on where I was. You know, I was either a mom or a scientist, depending on what I was doing. And, uh, at some point, um, in applying for faculty jobs, because that, that was my goal was to get a faculty position at a university. One of my, uh, one of my writers of letters of recommendation, that's part of the application process is that you need letters of recommendation. And she reached out to me to explain to me that she could no longer support me, even though, um, you know, years before when we had worked together in, at the university, when we were in the same department and I, and I worked very closely with her, um, she had always encouraged me to continue to be a faculty member and to, and to be a professor. And she thought I would be really good at it. Um, so here we are years later and she's telling me that she can no longer support me because I have chosen to have a family instead of focusing on my career. And it really, uh, so it's that whole mindset of one or the other. Never exa- exactly. Like you can't, you know, you've mm-hmm. already let all this time pass. You've already lost your opportunity to become a professor. You know, you didn't get that job right away, right out of the gate. And yes, you worked at Yale and yes, you worked at, you know, university at Albany, but you, but, but you also were having kids at the time. And so you don't have this long track record of publication. You know, it doesn't, you're, your portfolio, in essence, doesn't show that you value science above everything else. And so I can no longer support you because it would reflect badly on me. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I was hurt and I was annoyed and I was angry. (laughs) You know, all those feelings, right? All those (laughs) obvious feelings from a conversation like this. But what I realized once, you know, once I let that sort of sink in and once I sort of looked at what the real problem was, is that she was a woman, a minority woman who also had a family who had what, you know, one child and she really believed, and maybe it's true that she can't support other women to rise up, other women who are mothers, who have families to rise up in academics. She can't reach out to support them. And I sort of looked at this as a bigger problem of, you know, motherhood in general and, and uh, it's not just motherhood, it's being a woman and what's expected of you as a woman and how if you're an educated woman, you shouldn't have a family or how many times I got told by people, you're wasting your education by staying home with your kids. You know, because if I was working part-time, right? If if I'm a part-time researcher at Yale and also staying home with my kids when I'm not working, that's wasting my education and that's wasting my degree. Right. As opposed to doing something completely unrelated to what you went to yeah. school for, which you weren't doing. <laughs> so, so there's a bigger problem here. And, and, and that is really where I feel like I can really shed light, you know, as, as a woman, as a minority, as an educated person, you know, we need to change the way that we view motherhood. And as you know, it's not, it's not this thing that you, you know, that you shouldn't want and, and, Oh, I feel like I'm I'm getting tongue t- I'm getting tongue twisted here. I'm overcome with you know being upset. <laughs> but- well, yeah, I get it because it because but I think that 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 belief that it has to be a choice that this whole idea of being able to have it all is some sort of illusion that nobody can truly achieve is something that I think is ingrained in a lot of women yes. because that you can't be a successful businesswoman or career woman and have a happy family that something's got to sacrifice, you know, something's going to be sacrificed for that. Yeah. And so I think that what, 
Um, what it really comes down to for me is not so much the idea of being able to have it all, but being able to really have all of me. That's what I learned. That's what my big lesson that I learned from this experience and what really changed my life and really changed the way I think about what I'm doing with my life is that I don't want to be a Mexican person in one environment and an American person in another. I don't want to be a family person in one environment and a scientist in another. I don't want to be a spiritual and religious person or a, a religious person in one space and a spiritual person in a, in a different space. I am all of these things. Right, you want to honor, yeah, honor the the whole and not just exactly. simple I'm, parts of it depending on the environment. Yeah, sure. what I learned from this experience is that I had been working so hard on keeping all these different parts of me isolated from each other. And I was putting so much energy into only one thing at a time that it really... <laughs> it really left me open to be in a place where I didn't belong. And not that I didn't belong in academics. I firmly believe that I, I'm perfectly capable of doing all of this work, right? And it's not that I don't belong in the spiritual realm or in the personal development realm. It, it's that I don't belong in a place energetically in my body where I have to spend time separating out different pieces of me. Right. What hat am I going to wear exactly. today? Exactly. You know, yeah. I want to wear all three hats because I think they look really right. good together. <laughs> yeah. You make, you're creating your own yes. fashion statement. I want to wear my orange sock yeah. on one foot and a yellow sock on the other foot because I think they look good together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where you feel most comfortable. Yes. And so, yeah, people need to get used to it. Right. Much. Right. Right. <laughs> and not just get used to it, but where is your yellow and orange sock? You know, what does that look like right. for you in your life? And that's really what, what I am doing today. That's what I'm doing now is I'm helping women look at what's most important in their life by looking inside because they have all the answers. We have all of our, our own answers. They're all inside. We just, we're taught to not listen. Right. To not trust their instincts yes. to be more logical about everything. Yes. And to not listen to your emotions because they're not important. You know, this is something that I like to talk right. about a lot actually, is that when you are little, when you're a little person and you start school, you learn that there's, you know, happy emotion and sad emotion and frustrated emotion, right? There's like five or 10 emotions that they, that they sit and they work with and they learn their basic colors as well, right? You learn that there's you know, Roy G. Bibb, you learn the colors of the rainbow. And then somewhere along the line, as you go through school, somebody hands you this ginormous box of crayons, right? With 15 shades of red <laughs> and 12 shades of yellow and 24 shades of green, right? And you learn that there's this giant spectrum of color, but you never learn that about emotions. And they're right. just as varied and there's just as big of a spectrum as them. And we don't talk about it. And we as grownups don't talk about it. So how can we teach them? How can we teach our young kids? You know, we don't, we weren't taught it because our parents didn't talk about it. And that's the kind of thing that I want to change. We need to change. We need to talk about our emotions because our emotions is energy. It's part of our body and it's part of, you know, what, how you're going to navigate through your day has a huge, you know, your emotions have a huge impact on how you navigate your day-to-day -day activities. Absolutely. And I think that in this time that we're in now, a lot of it comes back to that same dichotomy that you talk about, right? Where they're, you know, Mexican in one space, American in another space, or not enough of either one. And I think that it's the same with these positive and negative emotions, Absolutely. right? Is that we've got all this 
emphasis on, you know, positivity and, you know, what you focus on expands, you know, the law of attraction stuff. And I think that a lot of people are misled to think that they are not allowed to have negative thoughts. Yes. Right? And that you should be careful about having those negative thoughts because if you have them for too long, then more bad things will happen to you. And it's like, my goodness, right. like, to have that then you start to feel all the guilt, pressure. right? Because you're having these right. bad thoughts and it's like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> it's not about the guilt. But you have to, <laughs> no, it's not about the, and, and just like, you know, the mom versus career woman, you have to honor all parts of you, yes. right? And that includes your emotions, right? Yes. So if you're having a bad day, okay, you're having a bad day. Recognize you're having a bad day and figure out a way to feel better, but don't beat yourself up about having a bad day because I think that's still part of the human experience Absolutely. And you're allowed to have a bad day. I think the trick is to not allow those negative emotions to swallow you whole. You know, right. it's a nice place to visit every once in a while because again, it's part of the process, but you don't want to live there forever. Yeah. I mean, I tell my kids all the time, you know, it's okay to be mad. I see you're mad. That's fine. But it's not okay to act on that anger. You know, it's not okay to lash out and kick, you know, right. the wall because you're angry. Like that's a behavior thing. Or call right. People- yeah, or call names or whatever else. Like, let's yeah. separate the emotion from the behavior because the emotion is totally normal and natural and everybody feels that at some point. But the what, what you choose to do with that is where you have control. And I yes. feel like sometimes... And where when you have... Yeah, sometimes we get stuck in this place where like, well, I was just feeling that way. Well, okay, fine, you were feeling that way, but that doesn't mean you get to act that way too, right? We need to separate no, our exactly. behavior from our emotions. But if you don't know that emotions are real things or, you don't, or you're not versed in the idea that emotions are energy and can change and move like water down a river... You know, then you get stuck in the idea that the that it's behavior based, and that these emotions are tied. That you know, every time you get mad, you're going to react in this way. Well, no, that's two different things. Right, you get to choose, and I think that when you have that awareness of your emotions, and you can, you know, consciously choose how you're going to react to those emotions, that's the most empowering place to be. Yes, right? where you're not doing these knee jerk reactions. Right, you're like, okay, I'm angry. And I know how I normally act when I'm angry, but today we're not going to do that. We're going to try something different. I think when you can get to that place, then, yeah, you're, you're really getting into a place of alignment with who you truly Absolutely. are. Then everything you do is based on choices that you're making and not just reactions. Reactions that are based yes. on things that are, were put there by other people, right? Right. Yeah, so you're taking your power back and not giving it away to the words, actions, or whatever of other yes. people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think we touched on your the biggest lesson you learned, and I think that it's about having all parts of you live harmoniously. Yes, absolutely. That, would you yep. say that that's... Yeah, w- because yeah. when this happens to you, right, this is going to happen to you. This <laughs> You're going to run into these this time in your life when you feel like everything is falling apart. You know, some of us go through it more than once. and um, And I feel like it's it's very much like a natural disaster. You know, again, going back to my geology and, and going back to nature, it's a big shift in energy, right? An earthquake is a big shift in energy, a hurricane or, you know, a wildfire. These are, these are big shifts in energy that happen in nature. And if your foundation isn't stable and steady, it's going to crumble, right? And, it, yeah. and not only that, there's going to be a giant chain reaction. Like, you know, the hurricane comes and there's the damage from the hurricane, but then the flooding comes afterwards. And then once the water subside, what's left over, right? What, what, of, 
when, when the waters subside, you get to choose which pieces you take with you and which pieces you let behind. You let just be. Yeah. And I think that that's where the problem is because we're trained to look outside for what those reasons are. And nobody outside is going to know what's right for you. When I started, when I started doing this work, I was terrified of what other people were going to think. I was terrified of what my professors were going to say. I was terrified of what my family was going to think. I would, you know, to really step into this piece of me that I had kept so isolated, right? This very spiritual side of me, this very, um, wanting to really help people and work with people side of me, you know, I was really terrified of what people were going to say, but that exactly is what I'm talking about. It's not up to them. They don't get to decide for me what I'm going to do with my life. Linda, when do you think you got to a point where you realized that you were enough regardless of what I like to call the peanut gallery thought? Yeah. I mean, like when you, when did you get to a point where you weren't worried anymore about being Mexican enough for, you know, some and not American enough for others or spiritual, you know what I mean? Like having, just coming to peace with that. Well, I honestly, I think it's something that I still struggle with and I'm still walking into Mm. and really fully embracing, right? This is, this is a big life lesson for me that I don't think is going to go away. But what is different is that I have tools to manage it. I can recognize it. I know how it feels in my body. Um, but I think that one of the things that helped me was to, was to think back on my life think back to different periods of my life. And for instance, when I, when I was in high school and like the middle-ish part of high school, I was having a really good experience. I really enjoyed my teachers. I really enjoyed the subject matter. Uh, and I really felt like, like freedom of self to really explore, you know, what kinds of things I like to do. Um, I feel like I started learning about essential oils at that time. And so when I went back in my memories, you know, when I was sitting there in my funk, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life because <laughs> I wasn't going to be a professor anymore. Um, I, I went back to that time and I was like, if, if I went to that time in my life and I looked at all those people in my life, none of them would be surprised or shocked or in shame about the idea that I wanted to become an energy healer and work and coach women one-on-one. Nobody would be surprised, you know, and Mm -hmm. going to talk to my family, you know, when I, when I was talking to my mother about this and my family about this, my brother about this, and they were, they were very supportive. They were like, okay, if that's what you want to do, then, you know, do it. And I was like, really? Like <laughs> this guy's not gonna fall. Like, wait a minute. This is you know, and, and I sort of I, I started to get permission from other people. I started to go back to myself, right, and think about times in my life when I was really comfortable or really happy and expansive, and asked permission of myself then. And um, I think that that's that's another key is is looking for the permission within you instead of looking for the permission outside of you. Yeah, because I think that when you're when you have that conviction, right? When you, when you know that this is something that you want to do, I feel like people around you feel it as well. Yeah. So even if they don't necessarily understand it, they, they support you because they see how committed and convicted you are in that decision. Yes. So I think that it's when you come with, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to say that you, you're, this is your goal and, um, but you're still not sure about it. <laughs> and so when people hear that and you're, you're, and you, they can, you can hear the lack of conviction in what you're saying, right. Then that's when people are like, really? 
Are you sure that's what you want to do? Yes. And because we're already on the, you know, on the fence about it, and we hear those questions that we get defensive, right? Yeah. Because it's like, oh, now you're, now you've got the same questions I have, but I don't want to admit that I have those questions, right? right? So, but once you're in that space of really being committed and convicted in what you say you want to do with the next phase of your life, then I think that you, when you speak it, that you say it with a lot more confidence. And so when people hear it, again, they might not get it, but they're like, okay, she sounds like she's really, she knows what she's getting herself into. So I'm going to support See, her. this is a really good point that you're making because what you're talking about is something that I would call energy, right? When I come yeah. into a conversation, the way that I present myself or the way, you know, the vibes that I'm giving off is energy. And, right. and you yeah. as the other person in the conversation is receiving that. And you know, like you're making interpretations and not just you, you specifically, but you know, whoever you're speaking to the other person, you know, sometimes yeah. the receiver, yeah, yeah. sometimes you walk into a room and you know, you feel certain people, or if you're in, in a room with other people, like you feel when a certain person walks in, like that's energy. And that's a part of every yeah. human being. It's a very natural thing that we don't talk about in schools, that we don't talk about as people, that, you know, it's not in the education system. It's not talked about in the religious system. And so it's left to be like this very weird out, you know, woo, woo, very strange thing. Yeah. But it's a very normal. Very, yeah, a big right. enigma. But it's a very normal, <laughs> natural thing that we all experience. We just don't have words to talk about it. And so it becomes this very yeah. like outlandish, fluffy thing. When in reality, it's a very normal every day. Like you use it all the time. You use your intuition all the, all time. the time. All the time. Because I remember going into job interviews and knowing that, you know, we, you know, I had those desperate times where I really wanted to get a new job and you're going to all these interviews. And I, I know now that they could probably smell the desperation yes. on me. And that's probably, <laughs> you know, even though I was getting that second and third callback, I wasn't ever the right candidate, but it was because I really didn't have the faith or the confidence that I was the right candidate. And, um, yeah, it took a long time to realize that. But now I get it in a in such a better way, right? And so it's always about checking in with myself before I, you know, do a speaking gig or even do a sales call or anything like that. But just, you know, doing that check in on myself to see where I'm at and what kind of energy I want to bring to that event or that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Linda, what would you, what advice would you give to somebody who's struggling with um, that split, that yes. having that dichotomy in their life where they're trying to, can they really be who they really are and be comfortable with it? I, my advice would be to, um, to look inside, to, to sit with yourself and to look at all of your thoughts and feelings, right? To going back to that example that I was giving about the hurricane and the flooding you know, to let the waters go down and see what's left over. What is it that you are ready to move forward with? What is it that's really not helping you? Like, why are you dragging that giant wall that's not attached to a house anymore along with you? Right? You don't need <laughs> right. it. You, it's okay. It's okay to let it go. That's, the, uh, that's another big piece of advice. So my first big piece of advice is to sit with yourself and really ask yourself, what do you want? What don't you want? What pieces of what's left over after this giant energetic shift that happened in your life, what are the pieces that you still want to carry around with you? What are the pieces that are still precious and important? And what are the pieces that really don't matter? 
And then the second one is, um, oh no, I lost it. <laughs> well, uh, l- let me just leave it with that. I think that that's really, that's really the big piece. Oh, I remember now. The, the second piece is to give yourself permission. You don't need the permission right. to come from someone else. You can really literally just say, I don't want to do this anymore. And I give myself permission to not do this anymore. And just that little bit, if, you, if you're honest with yourself and you're honestly saying it to yourself, that will lift you. You will actually lighten. <laughs> you, you know, your shoulders will literally physically come down. There's going to be a physical reaction in your body to you being able to acknowledge what it is that you want and give yourself permission to want that. Yeah. And be willing to do what it takes to make it happen. Yes. You know, then that's what you do with it, right? (laughs) Once you're in a place where you can, where you can see what it is that you want and what it is that you don't want, then you can start to take action. But if you just start taking action, you know, like if you, if you going back to the hurricane, you know, and the floods have, have gone, right. The floods have subsided and you just go in and you're like a bulldozer and all you're doing is just moving, moving, moving and building everything back up and just pushing through everything. There's going to be cracks, right? There's going to be parts that have mold. There's going to be parts of the foundation that are not steady. So when the next storm comes, it's going to crumble. Right. So if you're in a place in your life where your same areas keep crumbling, that's your inner wisdom trying to pull your attention to something that's important for you. That's right. To like, yeah, to strengthen those pieces so that you don't end up running into the same problems over and over again. Repeated patterns in your life are absolutely your inner wisdom telling you that there's something that something is not running smoothly for you. There's something you're not yeah, getting. There's work to right, do. There's work to do. Right. Yeah. I think that that's so important, right? Because um, it's like going on a road trip and just saying you want to go to New York City, but not having an exact, you know, where are you going to stay? Where are you going to do when you get there? Right. Yes. So you need to have some clarity on the things you're, you're trying to work towards, or you're just, you can be doing a lot and getting very little done. Right, right. right. You don't want to just be spinning your wheels and never make it out of, you know, California or wherever. <laughs> if you're driving across right, country. Exactly. You know, like, I think it's fine to not exactly. have a, like a step-by-step plan. Like you don't, you're not always going to be in a place in your life where you know exactly what town you're going to sleep in along the way. But if you know where right. you're going, you know, maybe sometimes you'll camp out and maybe sometimes you don't quite get there. Maybe some days you drive like three states when you, you know, you didn't think you would. Like you need to be flexible enough to allow for all this variability, yes. but, Absolutely. you know, you still have some place where you know that you're going. Yeah. And I think though, and one of the things I always tell my clients is that I feel like, you know, especially when it comes to your goals, it's much like a road trip. And so when there's like a road closure along the way, you don't, most of us anyway, don't make a U-turn and head back right. home. We just look for an <laughs> alternate route to, to get us where we're going. And I think that we have to, sometimes we forget that when it comes to our goals. So we hit, we hit these obstacles and it's like, oh crap, obviously it wasn't meant to be. Whereas I've taken those as a sign almost as a test of my commitment to 
making that goal a reality. I like that, yeah. Right? It's like, well, how bad do I really want it? Right. <laughs> because cause if you're, if it's easy for you to give up on it, then I don't think it was a meaningful goal in the first place. Absolutely. But when you really um, are committed and you really want something to happen, you're like, oh no, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. So even if it means I have to drive, you know, 20 miles outside of the original plan, I'm okay with that because at least I'm still going to get to where I need to go. Yeah. And maybe 20 miles outside of the original plan is a, is a nugget that you need. Right. It might be a very beautiful scene you know, scenery that you get to see when you go through that yes. path, right? So there's always, yeah, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I think that sometimes we just um, need to take that time to reflect on what those reasons are, because I don't think they ever are clear when you're going through it. It's true. <laughs> the reason why it's happening. Yes. But I think that when we, you know, when we take that time to really reflect on what those incidents meant for our life, you know, how that sort of what course correction that caused us to make in this journey called life that we see that it did happen for a purpose. Yeah, I think that I, I would I would add that a third piece of advice um, is is to trust, because once you can sit down with yourself and talk to yourself and once you can give yourself permission, you have to trust that that's really what you what is right for you. And, you know, that's what these roadblocks are, right? When you get these roadblocks and you don't have the trust, then you just turn around and go home or you just give up, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But you have to have the trust that, that this roadblock is not the end, right? It's just an obstacle. No. It's just something. It's just a boulder in your way. It's not, it's not the end. <laughs> no. And when you get to overcome that obstacle, you feel so much better about yourself. Cause you're like, man, I didn't think I was going to get through that, but I did. And I think that it starts to make you think about what else is possible. Yeah. You know, what else am I capable of that I never thought I could do before? Absolutely. When you get yeah, I mean, maybe things. in the end, yeah. it changes your goals. It, it widens your goal, right? Because now you have this new yeah. skill that you didn't realize that you had. But the thing is, you have it yeah. because you were born with it and it's all part, it's all in you already. <laughs> you just hadn't had a chance yeah. to use I, it yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's why, like you said, having this trust and being able to have faith in your instincts and your intuition and just have faith in general. And I'm not necessarily talking in a religious exactly. sense, but just really being able to trust that things are happening. Not They're not happening to you, they're happening for you. And so it's just a matter of sometimes surrendering the need to control every aspect of it, which I know for myself has been a huge lesson <laughs> right? yes. to be able to, <laughs> to not feel like I needed to be in control of every single element and aspect of my life. But I realized that like you said, you know, when you're able to let go, so when you're able to let go of that need to control everything, you know, things flow a lot easier yes. and you do feel a lot lighter because you're not holding on so tight to everything. You're able to just sort of let go and yeah, ha trust and believe that it's all going to work out the way it should. Yes, I absolutely agree. You know, our, our emotions, our thoughts, our energy, it's all very physical. Even though we can't necessarily touch it, it has this very direct effect on our on our bodies and our muscles on the way we walk and carry ourselves it's a you know it's a very it's a very physical thing even though it, it doesn't seem that way but it has such a profound impact on us psychologically and physically Linda any final thoughts before we wrap up I really want to thank the audience for listening to this far I hope that you uh, have enjoyed um, 
my viewpoint on life <laughs> and, and the story of, of, my, of my journey that, that has gotten me to this point. Um, I have really enjoyed sharing it and telling it. And I find a lot of strength when I'm able to discuss these points and sort of share them with people. And so I would encourage you to, you know, when you, when you are ready and when you feel strongly to start sharing your story as well. Yeah, I think there's something powerful in sharing your story. And I think that sometimes we we disregard our experiences because we think that everybody's been through something similar or, you know, or what we went through is not a big deal. But I think that there's so many lessons to learn from others' experiences. And I know I've learned a lot even doing these interviews. So I'm excited to do more <laughs> of them because every interview has been so insightful. So, Linda, thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest. And um, for the listeners, thanks for having you can me. always come back to the show. You can always come back to the show notes and learn more about Dr. Hurley and where to find her. Her social media handles will be on there. And again, thank you so much, Linda. And to the listeners, have a great day and enjoy the rest thank of the week. Thank you very week. much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.